ora and welcome to Tech Bytes. I'm Craig Young, CEO of Two Ends, and once a month I sit down with a digital leader and have a chat about things that are important at the time. Today I'm talking to Amelia Lindsay, she's a group director at Becker, and we cover all sorts of topics, but mostly around sustainability. I hope you enjoy. Kia ora and welcome, and good to talk to you this morning, uh, this afternoon now actually, Amelia. Um, and uh, I know you're incredibly busy with a big day job at um, Becker, which is one of those, you know, large corporates and, uh, well, so we'll call it a corporate, but it is a large <laughs> organisation. <laughs> um, as well as, you know, I've read your uh, CV, you know, you got, you're involved in a lot more around the country as well. So why don't we start by um, just introducing yourself a little and what you're doing at Becker at the moment and some of the things you're involved with. Yeah, well, Craig, and thank you very much for having me. Um, so, um Call Amelia Lindsay Tokungoa. So um, my name's Amelia Lindsay. I'm the advisory group director in Becker. And uh, what that means is uh, I run the 620 or so of the people in our team who are involved in helping clients solve project problems that probably aren't the engineering side of solving those problems. Um, so we have uh, planners, urban designers, landscape architects, project strategy and delivery people, cost managers, uh, management consulting, largely in New Zealand, smaller part of our businesses, uh, smaller part of my advisory businesses in Australia, smaller part of Becker is in Australia as well. So, so on both sides, I also uh, sit on the Becker Group Board for our board overall, and have a couple of other uh, board roles, mainly in project alliances, so things that we're delivering with our clients in the community in New Zealand with Waka Kotahi and Auckland Transport, and uh, with the Infrastructure Sustainability Council in Australia. So something I'm pretty passionate about in terms of how we, particularly the engineering and delivery market, but but we as all industry, uh, focusing and turning our mind to how we measure and drive ourselves to deliver uh, in a in more sustainable ways. So yeah, that's a bit of, that's a very quick overview of me. I live in Pukekohe in Auckland. Um, I have three teenage children. One at Varsity, one just finished high school. We had the senior prize giving for him last night and one who's just starting high school. So. Oh, gosh. Okay, nice spread. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, we have talked about this before, just before we come on here, but you've been at Becker for quite a while now. We won't we won't yeah. say how many years. <laughs> how, how has the organisation changed over that time since you started? Yeah, well, look, it, it did require me, this question requires me to sort of think back something like quarter of a century. Um, so it, it, it does, it's a lot and um, it's huge in terms of uh, how and how we do our business, how we as professionals work. So uh, when I first started, we had... Um, we did have email. I I I predate I post date email, but it was it it wasn't a personalised thing, and it was just moving into you didn't email clients. You, you know, Becca, you could get an email in at Becca. You could get email email out. Uh, you could package a report up on Friday and phone your client, something we don't do anymore, and tell them that it was in the mail, and that was considered a legitimate form of delivery, and then go away on the weekend and know know you were going to get a break. Um, we were very Becker itself. Uh, we were oh, significantly, um, significantly smaller, located in fewer offices and doing different kinds of work, uh, particularly in the advisory space. Our team was was uh, part of 
the transport and infrastructure team, which is obviously still a really important part of Becker, but but those sort of services, those non-engineering services, were a much smaller component of our team. So, so yeah, it 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 was a lot. Um, it was uh, a business which still is quite uh, is still. Uh, our diversity has improved. We're still a long way to go on that journey. That's the way I'd put it. Um, and, but when I look back in uh, it, in that period, uh, that was was certainly different. Though there were some really great things about it. Like I remember when I started, and the chair of the board uh, invited all the new starters for a roundtable discussion with him about what they were hoping to do. Uh, so being a smaller business and a more intimate one still an employee-owned business. So some of those values stay talking to uh, your people. You know, a business that knew its people were critical for its success. Um, we do it differently now, but, you know, that's something that really resonated with me in my first week at Becker was, you know, being being approached by the CEO and the chair of the board and asked, well, what do you think about what we should be doing as a business and what do you, why, why are you here and, you know, what is it you want to contribute yeah. kind of conversations, which I think are things we, we've tried to hold on to. So perhaps a little bit of a, what's still the same answer yeah. there as well. Cool. Yeah. 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 Look, I mean, I mean, many of us will see Becker as an engineering company. We mm. see your brand when we're driving down the Southern motorway, yeah. um, but it's much more than that, isn't it? I mean, I was talking to someone on your team this morning about, Digital twins, um, yeah. health and safety, VR training, etc. Um, we're going to share that with with people next year. Um, but what excites you every day to get up and go to work at Becker? Oh, look, well, look, the things that excite me are about, and I, I touched on this a little bit with the sustainability thing. We are uh, we are great at helping our clients solve problems in the natural and built world that that are, are reflected in legacy assets that we we deliver. So whether that's the Auckland Harbour Bridge, whether it's the Auckland War Memorial um, Museum, whether it's the uh, the desalination plants in, um, in Australia that we've worked on, it, you know, we have a fundamental contribution to the societies and the communities that we work with and deliver for with clients. And the thing that gets me up in the morning is how we can uh, reflect that responsibility in constantly striving to improve how we do it with how we respond to Te Ao Māori here in New Zealand and Aotearoa, how we respond to Indigenous communities in Australia and how we work through those processes and start to think about what that means for how we deliver projects, how we help our clients solve solve their problems in a way that honours and respects and fundamentally founds itself on some of those issues. And then, of course, sustainability, so how we do it in a way that decarbonises yeah. our economy and provides for the better social uh, and environmental outcomes. Biodiversity, I think, will be next. And social equity will be re is increasingly important as well. So, you know, infrastructure is all about what you found a society on. So we are still... Um, although not, not necessarily just doing the engineering side of that, we're still founded on how we can make sure that those parts of our world are delivering all the outcomes that we as a society want for them, socially, environmentally, economically, and culturally. And that to me is the, the really exciting bit about what, what I can bring at Becker, what I can champion, what advisory can help um, Becker do, and what Becker's own 
engineers and designers are also passionate yeah. about. So I think it's a great synergy for us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back to that sustainability one, but I want to talk about yeah. diversity and inclusivity. I mean, engineering and technology yep. both have that problem of not enough diversity. I mean, I was at this cloud and um, data center convention yesterday and it was heavily people that look like me. In fact, I think on the panel, you know, we had no control over the speakers, but I think we had two women on the front on on the speaker mm. panel all day, you know, which is just not yep. not good enough, really. But um, no, no disrespect to the organisers of the commission of the event, but it was just indicative. I mean, I chaired a panel on skills, and we talked about Māori and Pacifica, but you know, how, how can we do better to encourage yeah. women? Yeah. Māori, Pacifica, to become yeah. involved in the industries that we're engaging with? So, look, I totally agree with you. We need to do more. We're in a, we're in a dire situation. Um, as I said, if we want infrastructure, if we want um, transformation of, of place, and if you want digital to reflect the communities that it's helping and serving and delivering outcomes for, we have to make sure that the people doing that work, doing the design, are reflective of the communities that that, that we're serving. We, it, it, otherwise, we risk being paternalistic, we risk being mm. patronising, or we just risk, even with all the best intent of the world, just getting guessing and getting it wrong because we're trying to do do things for people that that we need to do things with people and so I'm you know a massive uh, advocate of that um, we we need to think about I think there's a well there's a couple of things there's a lot of really physical things we can yeah. do in terms of getting involved in uh, education programs and getting involved early in school programs about just showing kids and communities that uh, kids in the community that what we do isn't the domain always of what um, you know their their yeah. presupposed assumptions. So we need to show them people mm -hmm. who we need to sell those success stories and show them those opportunities and show them how the contribution that they might make might enable us to deliver things differently. Um, and I say it is getting involved in schools and getting involved in university programs and getting involved in um, in those opportunities i think from our side it's about actually rethinking some of the some of our you know, challenging ourselves with our biases and rethinking what we're looking for if we mean we want diversity that means we need to be open to being diverse about what a role might need mm. who might be the right person for that role mm. at the right time um and being a little bit more um, assertive, I think, with some of our targets and deliveries. So not just hoping that that will drive a, uh, you know, we have gender targets here at Becker. Uh, what we've we've been looking at is, well, we're going to need to drive some of that as a as a cohort by cohort target as well, because otherwise we we do well at our graduate level and we do poorly at our senior levels, and yeah. and we perpetuate that instead of. Um, of taking some avert action to actually, yeah, to do to do it differently. I, I think the other observation I would make is we have some sections in our business where we have uh, traditionally very highly male-dominated professions, and a woman leader in those 
roles will will change the nature. We, we you know we have the yeah. the evidence that it will change the nature of who you recruit, how you recruit, and yeah. how people get promoted. And that isn't to say that people are actively discriminating. It's about people seeing the opportunities. I think, and if they can see. Um, someone who looks a bit more like them in a leadership role in their profession and their in their part of the business um not just the one or two token people in, yeah. in, in other parts of the business that makes a huge difference as well yeah. and we know we know that factually now and we just have to be a bit braver about well, what does that mean in terms of how avert we're going to be about making it happen that's um yeah i think you're probably the third person that i've heard this week talk about that cohort idea yeah that you know it's all very well having a, a an overall target if by uh, diversity and inclusion you're not well represented across the board you know you've yep. dumped no i shouldn't say dumped but you've got them all of those um yep. the good numbers are in groups where you don't yeah you're not you don't have role models etc yeah, I, I look at it like the reverse trickle-down theory. I think we thought that it was going to work that way, that if we could just fix the problem at the graduate cohort, it would gradually work through our organisation yeah, and we'd one. see the change. But but we don't because at every step, people in our organisation are making, they're people and they're making choices and they're making choices about what their career looks like on the basis of what they can see ahead. Yeah. And if it doesn't look like it includes them, yeah, then it's a natural that's a barrier in and of itself we can be you know so until we are brave and until those uh, different leaders are brave to take some of those roles it, it does become a really difficult challenge so it's being quite avert about it when when we think we need to take that step in my view yeah yeah yeah, yeah. great great comments yeah thanks very much um well let's go back to sustainability because i know it's a passion um, I mean, I was at Becca last week for an event around circular economy, which was yep. yeah, it was fascinating. Um, and we've got our future of work conferences coming up this month with all you know across our four yeah. venues. And sustainability is on every agenda. The, 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 yep. the that demographic has asked for that conversation. I mean, it's a it's a big word and a big concept and yeah. something we all need to be thinking about. But what role do you see technology playing in meeting what needs to be done? Yeah. So uh, um, look. For me, there's a couple of things, and I'll try and be tangible about this because, as you say, such a big topic, you get very, uh, it, you know, skyscraper very yeah. quickly, or I do. Maybe it's just a risk. <laughs> but but to me, the big thing about sustainability is it's about integration and collaboration. So as compared to how we used to look at problems and compartmentalise them and break them down into a little bit. So if you're looking at, you know, a water system in Auckland, engineering example, you know, we would break it up into this many projects and every project would worry about how it was delivering and we would lose the sum of the parts um, in terms of how it was delivering. Sustainability is about keeping line of sight to the sum of the parts because every decision we make will have uh, a carbon cost here, but a carbon benefit there. And how do we make those those balances I don't like the word trade-off because yeah. but how do we make those informed balances about what the right solution is when do we invest in a new piece of infrastructure because long term it's going to enable us to live in a decarbonized economy but it will require a carbon mm. investment a rail project is a good example for that you know so um, it, 
and then you add biodiversity on it and you add social equity on it and all of those things that are sustainability. So getting to your question about digital, it's absolutely, and technology, it's absolutely imperative as a tool to help us think about that complexity and the interrelationship gaps. And I think it's a massively valuable um, way. You, you were mentioning Becca with the digital twin and the ability that we think that that will have for us to test future scenarios, to explore the, as our, as our data processing is now, as our AI sort of technology gets better, it will enable us to think about how those scenarios might play out to that true inter interconnected world. Mm. And I think those are the sort of tools that we really need now to crack uh, and to support us in trying to make more sustainable solutions. Because what we used, our traditional way of solving problems was to reduce them down into a single box and then remove, you know, discount the externalities. Mm. And sustainability requires us to do the opposite of that. And I think those sort of tools uh, are going to be imperative to helping us do that. Um, it also just helps us keep up as well. I mean, the scale of the problem and the scale of the challenges that we have, energy transformation, um, moving to uh, to electric cars and electric fleets and, and public transport and, um, and having smart technology that will enable, that could enable us to switch from my car, I know where I've parked it yeah. to a shared car, and I know that I've got the technology on my phone that can tell me how quickly yeah. I can get to one. You know, yeah. really simple things like that. Yeah. They are going to be, you know, hugely valuable tools that will move us from being, um, from being such a carbon-intensive society. Um, yeah. Uh, that's probably is that enough of a rant yeah, I, yeah, I could yeah. it's one no, I no. could actually you know use the entire time slot yeah. because yeah. I really I do think um uh that we need to be uh you know sort of wedded at the hip I was listening to the climate conference um the climate change conference with EDS and sustainable business council that they presented last month and one of the opening speeches was talking about how we we need to start thinking about uh, decisions for sustainability on a risk and probability basis because we don't because of the uncertainty that we've got ahead of us yeah. we need to be looking into that future and ma making some of those decisions again I think technology is a hugely valuable tool for helping us to do that because we we've created a world where as humans we know we've generated impacts well beyond what we expected and we are now, uh, you know, as an Anthropocene age, we are now defining the physical parameters of the world we live in. We need tools to help us understand that because it's it's beyond the simple brain of one bear yeah. to work out what, what yeah. sort of impacts and consequences that some of those decisions have been having. Yeah. We need to yeah. reverse that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We do. Hey, let's go up a few more floors in your skyscraper like that <laughs> <laughs> and just talk about, um, you, know, you know, Aotearoa and perhaps a little bit broader. Yeah. I mean, COVID-19 accelerated all sorts of things, including digital transformation. Um, do you think we're going to be able to maintain that or do you think that impact's been a bit patchy? I think, um, yeah, maintain it. I think certainly from for, for us here at Becker, we are going, there were great things that we got from it. 
there's been a backlash and I think there should be should have been a backlash because it was imposed on us none yeah. of us wanted it and it, it it was it was way more um and I don't mean I'm, I'm in no way making a uh, government statement there. I'm just meaning it was a it was a crisis that we needed yeah. to respond to, yeah. and it, it, and because it happened to us, it required us to change. It's a great example. Again, I liken it with the sustainability one, where it's so hard to get people to change in a problem that is both wicked and long term. Yeah, yeah. Where where this was immediate and required. So we should we should. I hate the word should, but we should uh, try and hold on to that sense of urgency that really drived us to do some quite remarkable things really quickly. I think the challenge um, is, as we all want to get back to normal, and we all uh, want to balance what we've learned and what opportunities that created and take the good bits of that and what we had before and normal how yep. we find that right balance I think is the thing that we need to to um, work on from a technology perspective um, it's been it's been fantastic um, it's driven a lot of things but it probably hasn't driven the it, it didn't drive the sort of culture change that we need to embrace to allow us to innovate because it pushed us to a needs must um, environment. So I think it's getting that, you know, holding on to those things, yeah. getting the innovation and growth mindset out of what we do with that. And that just a bit of reflection on what was great and what was good and what we want to hold on to would be a way to help us do that. And looking a little bit more forward, I mean, what are some of the big ideas that you think, you know, in the digital space we should focus on if we want to be one of those digital leading nations I suppose they're going to be sustainability linked for you but but yeah <laughs> they certainly are and look we you know I, I touched on the digital twin look and my background as a as a planner does make me think about things as uh, in a spatial way um, but I um, do think like FPOS like we did you know back in the day we're small enough still that we should be able to um, exemplify some of the systems. We, you know, we should be able to break them down and, and apply them in New Zealand as a as a fixed geography. Um, we we have the resources, um, and I think uh, spatial twins, spatial scenario and modelling testing for future environments, and particularly getting to that decal, you know, as we start working through things like the adaptation plan and the climate change plan, and we know what we know what we need to get to in terms of our global heating targets, yeah. you know, what we can live with. And we're starting to understand and get through the adaptation plan. What does that look like in terms of what's the mix of vehicle, fleet, public transport use and active mode that we need? So we know, you know, we know we want to reduce um, private car use and, and accentuate those others. And we know what that means in terms of what we need for energy, electricity and renewable energy generation as, as opposed to, um, you know, the changes and the transmission yeah. that we need. And I think spatial models, um, spatial twins and scenarios would, as an as a, as a asset of how could we look to putting some of those things in on the ground and working out 
what the intended and unintended mm. consequences of them might, might mm. be and how we can get the system to work together. Because it's often the little gaps. It's not how much energy we need to generate. It's how we need to transmit it. And where are we going to put that transmission uh, to get to a centre? It's understanding those problems. And again, I think the digital and technology uh, spaces provide huge opportunities for us to do some of those uh, changes and to implement some of those changes. Cool. Hey, look, um, coming to an end here, um, just getting running out of time, but yeah. um, just coming back to you as an individual, I mean, what keeps you going with all the things that you're involved in? What, what, what's driving you to keep going? I, I think purpose drives me to keep going. So yeah. as long as I have the values and the changes that I want to see in the world, in my mind, individually, and then feel like I am doing, uh, you know, then that's, it's never, well, that's, I'm not sure it's never, for me, it's not a linear path of, well, I can see that's where I want, I want to contribute to this. And then I work through what is what I'm doing today, helping me get to that path, do that check-in. And then I feel highly energized and highly motivated to be involved in things. You find you can take on more. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And you can solve more when when you when you're energized like that. It's when you feel that you've got um, diversions from that, or you yeah. might have got off point, that that you find yourself getting de demotivated. And it's a it's a good way for me to to assess that that degree of alignment to purpose. Yeah. It's the uh, simple answer. Yeah, and that's a great answer because it doesn't matter where you are in your career or in your life journey, purpose is the thing, you know, every same, you know, you look at it and that's what gets you up in the morning and that's what keeps you going. And mm. it's, it's just, um applicable at my, I'll say my advanced age, I wouldn't say advanced, but <laughs> at, my, at, at my age as it is at any age. Yeah. So look, it's been, yeah. it's been wonderful to, to chat with you and, and go through these things. I'm sure we'll be talking again next year as you know that i think the sustain the sustainability and tech issue the diversity and inclusion issue is going to come through really strongly next year um but is there any last comments or thoughts you'd just like to share before we finish up oh, no kia ora craig thank you for the time and the opportunity to have a chat and oh, there's probably nothing else from me so oh, so thank cool. you <laughs> well kia ora um yeah to you amelia as well and um thanks to everybody that's going to hear this listen to this watch it again and um it's been awesome to have a chat uh, on this Tech Bytes session uh, for uh, November 2022. Oh, November. Yeah, I know. It's rushed by, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure I saw Christmas has. decorations in the shop the other day. I was going, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> we All right. Happen. Cool. Yeah, Matiwa. Thank Thanks very much. Matiwa. See you.